Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind, where we get an opportunity to hear some of the great interviews uh, that have already been on JM in the AM. Last week, Mayor of Houston, Texas, Sylvester Turner, spoke with us from Israel, where he was leading a delegation, and his words about Israel and Israel's influence in this world were uh, quite heartwarming. Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner kicks off this edition of JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. JM in the AM on this Wednesday morning broadcast, we've been talking about the mayor of Houston, Texas, who is in Israel now. Um, he is there as a um, as the city of Houston works to shape a high-tech sector. Mayor Sylvester Turner is seeking inspiration from the Israeli innovation experience and spending a week in Israel doing some very interesting things, and he is in Israel as we speak. Mayor Sylvester Turner of Houston, Texas, welcome to JM in the AM. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be with you this afternoon. I appreciate that. Hope you're enjoying Israel so far. Tell me about the beginnings of all this. At whose suggestion did you head to the state of Israel? Well, it pretty much is, a, is at my suggestion. This is a, the mayor's economic delegation to uh, uh, to Israel. Um, mayors, previous mayors have been here in the past, so this is the first time uh, that a mayor is leading an economic delegation to, to Israel. And um, about a month ago in the city of Houston, uh, I announced that uh, I wanted to advance an, an institute of data sciences and to start focusing in a concentrated effort more so on high tech. And there is no better place to go and to, uh, to check out what is happening when it comes to high tech startups uh, than right here in the state of Israel. Houston is uh, the fourth largest city in America. It's America's energy hub. It's home to the world's biggest medical facility and, of course, a NASA space center. It's not like, it's not like you guys have been slacking off. You're doing pretty well, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, doing, we're doing pretty well, um, and it is true. We are the energy capital of the world, largest medical center, NASA Johnson Space Center, a uh, large port, um, and a huge interest in cybersecurity. Uh, but we have never really played in a concentrated fashion when it comes to uh, just high tech or uh, just an institute of data sciences. And so uh, it's, it's pulling all of those different pieces together, which we do very well, but put them together in a concentrated force in order to have a, a much more uh, focused effort, as Israel has done over the last, over the last you know, 10, 15 years. And now you all are you all are uh, leaders, not just in Israel, but quite frankly, uh, around the globe. Um, and Houston is doing well in energy. You all are doing very well in high tech. And I think there's a, there's a synergy there where we can connect what you all are doing with the energy sector in the city of Houston. And I think we can uh, create some some mutual benefits. Mayor Sylvester Turner, Houston, Texas, with us live from Israel. Have you had an opportunity to meet with the prime minister? I met with the Prime Minister a uh, uh, day before yesterday. Had a, I had a good visit with him for about 35, 40 minutes. Um, we talked about um, this energy sector. We also talked about it, uh, trying to establish a, a, a nonstop uh, flight, direct flight from, um, from Israel to, to Houston. Uh, I know there, there are direct flights to the West Coast and to the East Coast, and you all are going to restart a flight to Miami. But with regards to where Houston is, and where Israel is. I think there are a number of synergies between the two, uh, that there should be a demand for a direct flight between the two. And that's pretty high on your priority list, right? You think both practically and symbolically that's a very big move. 
and, and, and it's a huge move. When you take a look at high tech, energy, the healthcare sec- sector, all of these different elements where there's mutual interest between the two, uh, there is no reason why there should not be a direct flight uh, between the two. And I think if that happens, I think you're going to see more energy representatives, uh, especially there are a number of energy companies that are based in the city of Houston. I think you're going to see them coming and looking at doing even more business uh, in the state of Israel. I think you're going to see more exchanges between the two. And I think you're going to see where we, we take the best of what each other has to offer and we can work collaboratively. Uh, to the benefit of both Houston as well as Israel. I assume you're traveling with some prominent business people from your hometown. Um, um, got, yes, people here from the medical center, people here with the business community, um, the, the chancellor of one of our largest uh, community colleges. Um, there are a number of been, there, the delegations of about about 25. I, I, I assume that uh, they're impressed with what they're seeing. Would you say they're shocked? Or at this point, because of Israel's reputation, nothing is surprising anymore. Well, you know, we're not, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, we're not surprised. I mean, uh, uh, Israel has always been a country that has worked very hard uh, to sustain itself. Um, you know, just based on the geopolitical politics, uh, you all have had to do uh, a lot of things to maintain your own uh, self-determination uh, and to make sure that you not only survive but thrive. And you all have done that extremely, extremely well. We just toured this morning, for example, the desalination plant, right. uh, SORAX. Uh, and I know that the, the prime minister has declared Israel water independent. I mean, that speaks volumes. Uh, when I was when I, I first came to Israel in 1997 um, and, and knew the water problems that existed then, and now to be back in 2017 uh, where you have declared yourself uh, uh, independent uh, from the natural resources as it relates to water, and the desalination plant to be one of the to be the largest in the world, um, and it was just very very impressive. Uh, so you know, I, I commend I commend Israel for what is done there and what is done with respect to high tech and startups. Um, and now I just think there's an opportunity for if you want for Houston, which is leading in so many different fronts. Uh, for us to partner together. Uh, Mr. Mayor, you know how uh, sensitive the political situation is, and I'm sure you're familiar with the BDS movement. I'm just curious, was there an effort to convince you not to go to Israel and not to lead this delegation? No. Um, this is this is my fifth time to Israel. Um, my first uh, uh, visit to Israel was in 1997. I came back in uh, 2003 uh, with the American Federation of Jews. I came back in 2005 on vacation. I brought my family here uh, in 2005 when we vacationed here. Came back uh, about four years ago with another delegation. And now this is my first time to come as the mayor of the city of Houston. So uh, there, was no, there was no pushback. I think we reckon, you know, Houston is a friend of Israel. You know, I don't shy away from that. I'm a friend of Israel, so I, I don't shy away from that. Um, you don't abandon your friends. And so we, we're, not, we're not going to do that. Uh, and we do have a lot of synergies between the two. Uh, so this is, you know, this trip is, in, is in, intended to build on uh, those relationships uh, to the benefit of both. All I could say is God bless you. You're absolutely amazing, and uh, what an example you're setting. I hope mayors from all the big cities in the U.S. take your example and head to Israel as soon as possible. Uh, Mayor Sylvester Turner, he's traveling in Israel right now. Uh, enjoy the rest of the trip, and thank you so much for all you're doing and for all your kind words. 
Well, thank you so very much, and I look forward to coming back real soon. There he is, the mayor of Houston, Texas, Sylvester Turner, in Israel as we speak. He's met with the prime minister, has had many other meetings and visits of great significance, and he is anxious to build the high-tech sector in Houston, Texas. And where does he turn to in order to get that done? The state of Israel. Pretty amazing. Said some really cool things also, I must say. That was my conversation with Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner during his visit to Israel this past week. Next up, the Yemei Iyun at Yeshiva Chovei Torah is happening, and Rabbi Natty Helfgott joined us to speak about this unique event. It is really an incredible gathering of great scholars and academics. Rabbi Natty Helfgott on the Yemei Iyun next on JM Rewind here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, Rabbi Natty Helfgott's with us, and he knows that I know that the best way for me to spend the 25th and 26th of June would be at the two-day Yemei Yuan from Yeshivat Chovei Torah. He knows it, and he knows that I know it, and I know that he knows it. But I still haven't made it over yet uh, in all these years. Maybe this year will be different because, uh, I mean, not, not that this year is, uh, not to put down any previous years, but the faculty and topics this time around is simply stellar, to say the least. Yeshivat Chovei Torah has their Yemei Yuan on Bible and Jewish Thought, starting Sunday, June the 25th. Uh, very, very impressive faculty. Incredible collection of topics. Rabbi Nadi Helfgott is the chair of the Department of Talmud and Jewish Law at SAR. He's also a member of the faculty of YCT and the rabbi of Kehilat Netivot Shalom in Teaneck, New Jersey. Rabbi Nadi Helfgott, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum, and kolakavod uh, on your moving from the radio waves to the global waves, and uh, much success on that for you. I greatly appreciate it. You, you do agree with me that you know that I know that you know that the best way for me to spend June 25th would be with you, right? Correct, and you're, <laughs> you're always invited to come and join, and the whole crew, mayor and everybody, <laughs> is invited to come and share the learning with us uh, on, uh, on Sunday, June 25th. It starts at the SAR High School on West 259th Street, in uh, in Riverdale, New York, and uh, you could still uh, you could still register. We still have time. It's all online. Everything is great. Um, why is this so well attended? Why is it that so many hundreds of people come from far and wide to participate Sunday and Monday with you? I think you know people have a, a love of Tanakh. People have a love of of the study of of Bible. And one of the most beautiful things um, since the Jewish people have returned to the land of Israel and and the state of Israel is a greater interest in deep, sophisticated study of Tanakh. Uh, and out of Israel has emerged some really wonderful, wonderful uh, approaches to the study of Tanakh, and that's filtered down to here in the diaspora, and so many people have studied in Israel, and when they come back, they want to be enthused and engaged with that. And uh, so Yeshiva Chovei Torah Rabbinical School, uh, 15 years ago we started... Um, this, uh, you know, these two days of Tanakh study, uh, modeled on the Tanakh days that are occur in Israel at uh, Yeshivat Haaretzion and Michlelet Herzog. Those are what usually during the summer. During the summer, in uh, usually the first week of uh, the month of Av, and uh, we we modeled that 15 years ago, and we got a great response. And every year, we also bring some of the top teachers from Israel that people don't necessarily have a chance to hear on yeah. an ongoing basis. Yeah, nothing against the local faculty, no, and we know, how, we know how amazing you and they are, but it is remarkable that people have the opportunity to literally to hear people they would never hear otherwise. Correct. It's, 
really a treat. You know, someone like uh, uh, Rabbi Yoni Grossman, who is, you know, basically one of the superstars of Tanakh study today in our community, and uh, Menachem Liebtag, who we all know very well, and uh, so many others who've come over the years and continue to come. It's really a special treat. Uh, it's happening Sunday and Monday, the 25th and 26th of June. What, I mean, not to put you on the spot, but what percentage? Would you say it's 50-50 in terms of those from the United States and those from Israel who are participating in terms of faculty? No, no, no. I would say it's more like, uh, you know, it's uh, more like, uh, you know, two-thirds and a third in terms of faculty. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, one day we'll have a bigger budget and we'll be able to bring in more yeah, people I was just, from Israel. I, I was just curious. Even a third is very impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you're Baruch, talking... Yeah, Baruch Hashem. And, uh, you know, it's, it's still, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing. And, you know, Kola Kavoti, Shivat Chovei Torah for supporting this for the last 15 years. And I also want to mention specifically, it's uh, sponsored in memory of uh, Eishet Chayil, a very special woman, uh, Riva Kashitsky, Zichron Ali uh, who many of us uh, knew, and uh, by their, by family, by the Kashitsky family specifically, uh, Eric uh, and Tamar Goldstein, uh, who I many of us know as well. Very yeah, of well. course. We just we were at the there was a Kashitsky Simcha recently. Yes, uh, we saw them a couple of weeks ago. All right, so yes. it's in memory of Riva Kashitsky, and uh, that has been done in the past as well. Correct. Uh, everybody out there, you are invited to the website yctorah.org. Yctorah.org. You will see the Yemei Ion on Bible and Jewish thought. And by the way, Rabbi Helf... Oh, by the way, I introduced Rabbi Helfgott with three of his distinguished titles, well-deserved. But what about his fourth? He happens to be the father of Shlomi Helfgott. And Shlomi, as you know, JMNAM listeners, did ex- exceedingly well at the Chidona Tanakh on Yom Atzmud in Israel. It must have been an amazing experience, Rabbi. It was an amazing experience for, for myself, for my family, for all of us to be in Israel you know, sitting uh, three rows in front of Bibi. Oh, and, wow. Uh, <laughs> you got a and, better uh, seat than the Prime Minister. <laughs> yes, and, uh, <laughs> and just uh, the whole experience of being in Israel on Yom Azikaron and Yom Atzma'ud and, and uh, the whole experience of, you know, everybody focuses on that day on, uh, on Tanakh and then other things. It's just a very powerful experience and, uh, and connects you to Israel and Jewish history. It's just, uh, it's beyond, you know, Beyond words, in you know, many ways. You know, fathers like myself who, you know, decide what role to play in preparing their sons for bar mitzvah, etc., uh, you know, when it comes to these things, I'm just curious, did, did you do a lot of quizzing along the way, or was this done independent of his father? How would you describe your role in all of this? My role in this was to get out of the way. Uh, <laughs> That's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> my son was super motivated by himself, and... Uh, and one of the nice things is since they've been young, my uh, two of my children who are of age uh, have often gone to the Yemei Iyun ah. um, after, you know, school is finished and, it, you know, camp didn't start ever. And uh, they've often gone to the Yemei Iyun and enjoyed uh, various shiurim, uh, both in Hebrew and in English. And uh, it was always a special treat to bring them. Uh, and then they also had, you know, some Carlos and Gabby's. You know, it was always a, <laughs> it was always fun as a, as a family to go and learn Tanakh. But I really got out of the way and let let Shlomi do his own his own learning. And if we woke him up in the middle of the night and quizzed him on what book of Tanakh would he know it cold? Which is yes, which is yes. the one that's his specialty? Yes, he would know every, everything that he studied. He knew cold. Yes. So, for example, which one name one book that he really knows well? Uh, Divrei Hayamim, books that nobody knows. Are you <laughs> serious? There's yeah. so, there's somebody on this planet at his age that knows Divrei Hayamim like that? My gosh! Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! You should be very very proud. And yes. I'm sure you are. Yes. 
Um, I wanted, uh, yeah. Nahum, I wanted to share, uh, uh, you know, just special, uh, special news also that um, we have extended the, um, the um, early bird discount for those who want to participate in the Mayun this year uh, to tonight at midnight. So if you're hearing this, uh, this <laughs> broadcast and you still want to come to Mayun and get the early bird discount, Get yourself, you know, register online today, right, if and you will get the early it, bird discount. If it's still Wednesday where you are, then yes. you, <laughs> then because just keeping in mind those listening by archive, yes, correct. Um, then then you are entitled to that discount if you go to the yes. website yctor. It's it's that simple, right? yctorah.org, right? Yes, and you'll see the links to uh, the Yemeiun and upcoming events, and you know, you'll be able to manage. I it, can't. Right? I cannot let you go in the atmosphere of uh, of twenty seventeen. Without asking you um, for your comment on how much Jewish history seems to repeat itself, those who are very familiar with Tanakh and you and the faculty certainly right. who are going to be pre- pre- presenting at the Yimei Yun right. uh, certainly are very familiar. They themselves could take the Chidot of Tanakh and do pretty well. Uh, um, isn't it? Uh, isn't it amazing how much Jewish history repeats itself, and sometimes we as lay people do not realize it. Yeah, I mean, when one studies the books of uh, Shivat Zion, the return. Uh, to Zion, you know, in the times of uh, Zechariah and uh, Malachi and Ezra and Nehemiah, and you see so much, you know, not everybody came on Aliyah, and many Jews remained back. And the Jews who came back to Israel, to the land of Israel, had tremendous challenges, but they overcame their challenges, and they were able to, to rebuild the Beit HaMikdash, and they were able to set up a polity and to rebuild Jerusalem. I mean, there's so many amazing uh, parallels. And the fact that things are not, you know, easy and smooth, but they have challenges, but people overcome them is a very powerful message for us. Yeah, it certainly is. And knowing our history, we have to be thankful that we are where we are with the incredible uh, state of Israel and other circumstances that have lent itself to being really a time of miracles uh, during this era. Um, Rabbi Nadi Helfgott, he reminds everybody, Yeshivat Chovei Torahs, Yemei Iyon on Bible and Jewish Thought, the 25th and 26th of June, registered now, YCT Torah. Dot org or YC Torah more accurately YC Torah dot org YC Torah dot org to get the discount the early bird discount which applies until tonight good luck with the EMA you and I hope this year we'll actually see each other <laughs> yes okay Nachum always a pleasure to speak with you I greatly appreciate that that was my conversation with Rabbi Natty Helfgott next up Michael Socher of the Neshama Orchestra introducing a brand new Chroma video. Uh, Nochi Krone and the company have an amazing uh, orchestra introduced to us by Neshama. It's called Chroma. And uh, this is a uh, conversation about a live performance video that was released just a week ago. Michael Socher with us here on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, it's no secret he's one of our favorite people, uh, not just in the music industry, but in general. It's been a while since we've spoken to him. Uh, from the Neshama Orchestra, Michael Socher with us live via telephone on this Wednesday morning. Mike, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, and Booker Tov. I got to tell you how many times you've been the subject of conversation in our studio. First of all, last week, I'm sure you're aware of the fact that you and Neshama were part of the Throwback Thursday uh, during the afternoon broadcast here at the Nahum Siegel Network, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, as we revisited, uh, well, I think it was 14 years earlier. A lot of, a lot yeah. of, a lot of time has gone by. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Ophi's had many children since that recording. Yeah, Ophi Nat was featured with you guys that morning, and right. then you know we did our uh, we did our very very mini fundraiser uh, a few weeks back, right before Shavuos. 
And there were people who were annoyed that on the last day we didn't have live music, which has been our tradition with the Neshama Orchestra for God knows how many decades. And I just want to tell you that the, the discussion that was going on because of the lack of space in our brand new studio, but, but the abundance of space on Grand Street was hilarious. During one of our plans, we actually had you guys outdoors at 6.30 in the morning on the street, or I should say more accurately on the sidewalk of Grand Street, ready to just pump up the music from there up into our studio. So, was, I think that's a great idea. Oh, you know, really? I wonder what the neighbors are going to think at that time of the morning. But well, your neighbors. So. That's true. It's people i got to live with after you guys are gone. But we'll see. We'll see if we can work that out in the future because we'd love yeah, to have the full orchestra. We will work on it. Bezrat Hashem and have, obviously have plenty of celebrations together. Speaking of celebrations, there's a big celebration today. Uh, you guys, in in how would we put it in um, in partnership with or or how would you say it in terms of you and and Chroma? So, uh, Chroma Music is a new product of ours, and it's in partnership with the Crone Brothers. So, if you think about the name a little bit of Chroma, it's a little bit of a conjugation of Crone Brothers and Neshama. Got it. That's how we made the name, and um, this genesis started about at least 10 years ago, or maybe more, when Nochi was still in Shah Yashiv Yeshiva, and I said, Nochi, we got to do something together. And he was still a bacher at that time, and we were in touch, we were in touch, and the years and the years, the years went by. And uh, actually, I have to thank uh, Ellie Lax, huh. uh, producer and musician and uh, entrepreneur extraordinaire, right. who kind of crystallized it again about two and a half years ago to get us together. And uh, we sat down and we said, let's do something together, and we did. And it's, it's the Neshama Orchestra producing the Chrome Brothers, which includes Nochi Krohn on keyboards and conducting and arranging and sound and everything. And his brother Yosef Krohn on uh, saxophone and uh, vocals. And there's a retired brother, Shimshi Krohn, who was the drummer many years, but he moved on to a real estate enterprise. And uh, the product of that uh, combination was really debuted at the 2016 NSN halftime show, and we didn't even have a name for the band yet. We called it the new band, as you recall. And that was an amazing kosher halftime show. That's right, you called it yeah. the new band. That's funny. Yeah, that was an and amazing. That was their debut. That was their debut kosher halftime show. We suggest people check that out and look it up. You'll see the 2016 edition with Lipa, uh, one of our best ever. And it was an amazing show. It was a great show, done really well, and you'll see uh, Nochi and company just rock the house um, in what was a wonderful performance. So, yeah, we have a big association uh, and a big history uh, with Chroma, uh, to say mm-hmm. the least. All right, so well, you started it off. That's right. We, were, <laughs> we, had, we had the debut. Uh, Mike Socher's with us. All right, so what's happening today? What's the big announcement? So uh, fast forward to now. So uh, the typical uh, Jewish music fan, and or Chatan and Kala, Chasen Kala, Bride and Groom, whatever, that are want to uh, follow music or they're shopping music for the Simcha, the first place they go to is to the web. There's an abundance of music, uh, much of it wonderful. And uh, each of the groups that are vying to form the Simchot have to have uh, availability of media for people to, uh, to peruse. So this is our first uh, major uh, release for uh, YouTube. It uh, features Baruch Levine on two of his uh, hit uh, recordings. And the genesis of this was we did a beautiful simcha a few months ago for David Bloomberg and Ricky Nyman, mm. which took place at the uh, Rockley Country Club in the uh, beginning of the spring. 
And Baruch Levine was the uh, featured vocalist with the band. And uh, Nochi said to Baruch, why don't we do something together and feature it? And uh, Baruch said, great. And they discussed it. They chose two songs. Nochi wrote brand new arrangements of it. And um, we filmed it. And we can talk about a little bit the uh, crew involved. But it was filmed at that simcha. And uh, this is the result, a beautiful, beautiful video of these two songs, Kum Hitalech and Bitchu, two beautiful compositions by Baruch Levine. And um, we released the Matzi Shabbos, and on YouTube it has close to 10,000 views already nice. in the last five days. Nice. And um, many more thousands of views on the other media channels like Instagram and Facebook and, and whatnot. And people are giving unbelievable, beautiful feedback to Baruch's fantastic performance and Nochi and the orchestra's performance. It's, it's really, really been giving... A lot of great feedback to us. It's Baruch Levine and the Meshorim Choir. Uh, they do the yes. vocals on it. Uh, it's, yes. it's two selections you mentioned. Obviously, toward the end of this conversation, we will uh, we'll play it for everybody. Um, so what do people need to do? I mean, I guess this is obvious once they get to the web and see everything. I'm sure there's contact everywhere. But what would you recommend for people who want to check out uh, a Chroma and speak to you or whoever it is that they need to speak to to have them at their event? Mm. Well, it's... Uh Chroma spelled K-R-O-H-M-A, and our website is chromamusic.com. Um, we, people still call by phone sometimes, so they can reach us at 855-712-7979. Although I will tell you, I had a wedding that took place in the last week, and the entire first month of discussions <laughs> with the uh, parent of the uh, Kala, in this case, took place by email. You never spoke a word to them, huh? For about a month. They are very, very, very uh, successful and busy financial uh, executive and on the go and just no time. And o- every night, overnight, there would be a correspondence, and we eventually got together, and now we're, we became friends. <laughs> soon everyone's going so, dis- to be discovering the telephone. <laughs> yes, we're discovering. So uh, yeah, they can not call us. And we're also on uh, Instagram, Chroma Music, Facebook, Chroma Music, Twitter, Chroma Music. YouTube, Chroma Music, all these channels, uh, and they can find this video at, at the, our YouTube channel. Uh, it's also available on a number of Israeli sites. For some people, have been in touch that are not able to access YouTube because of filters. Right. But uh, we did publish it on some Israeli kosher sites. So if you Google it in Hebrew, you'll be able to uh, reach it as well. It's Kuf Reish Aleph Hey Mem Hey. All right. Uh, in English, it's K-R-O-H-M-A. It's Chroma Music. Right. And check it out on all the social media sites. And the brand new video has been posted as of right after Shabbos. It's with Baruch Levine, Komit Alech, and Bitru with Chroma Music, uh, as we uh, mentioned, uh, introduced by the Neshama Orchestra to us and the world uh, just a couple of years back. Now, this is the first of what's, what's going to happen. There's more coming up. Am I right? We have uh, another feature video. This is uh, a beautiful dinner music medley of two songs, but we do have a dance tempo video coming out probably in about 10 10 days to two weeks. And we'll talk about that when the time comes, but with another very, very exciting, uh, talented artist. And... um, but uh, before we go to music and, and other uh, questions, I just want to mention a few people involved. The band is actually a set unit based upon four core members. The four that and were with us that night? The four that were with us at Kosher Hatsan? The exact same four. All right. It's uh, really Weinstein on the guitar, along with uh, Nochi and Yosef Krohn. And uh, Vlad is our drummer. He's from the Ukraine. He's amazing. And he's amazing. He... Uh, Stepped into big shoes to fill with uh, replacing Shimshi Krohn, but right. uh, he is fantastic. And now is he a great drummer, but he's also a studio musician who plays bass, 
electric guitar, and keyboard. Wow. Uh, very, very talented individual. And we have a few other regulars that have joined the band now. Um, and uh, also, uh, Abby Berkowitz is the head of the choir, of the Mishore Room Choir. We should mention him. And uh, for people that know his father, Shia Berkowitz, is a very, oh. very well-known and regarded Batkin. Correct. I know Shia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is his son, Abby, has the musical uh, genes, and his group is fantastic. Um, the performance had brand new arrangements written by Nochi for this event. And uh, he recorded the music, and he mixed the music, and he mastered the music. And the video was taken by my son, who you've met. He's been in your studio. Sure. Jake Seicher, he's almost as tall as you. Oh, my Maybe gosh. an inch shorter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's 6'4", he's so he's maybe like an inch or two shorter than you. Got to ask him where he buys shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can, guys can collaborate. And his buddy, Dove Adler, was the other cameraman, and Jake did all the video editing. Nice. Uh-huh. And uh, it, uh, the event itself was produced by our partner, Dove Katz. It was his uh, gig at the uh, Rockley. And, and this family are major music lovers. They had Baruch perform at their event, and also had Dove Gabe perform at that event as well. Very nice. Boy, oh, boy. And, and perhaps there'll be a Dove Gabe video in the future at some point. You never know, huh? You never know. You <laughs> never know. If you listen to this show, you'll know, that's for sure. All right, right. it's brand new. Kumit Alech and Bitchu Chroma Music. It's Baruch Levine, the Meshorim Choir, introduced to us by Michael Socher and the Neshama Orchestra. Information, just go to Chroma Music or search them, and believe me, you'll find it. Uh, Mike, anything to add before we hear the uh, selection? Yes, just a couple of quick thank yous. Sure. Thank yous to our host at the Simcha for allowing us to do this. I um, also want to thank uh, Yochi Briskman, who is Baruch Levine's manager, for uh, approving and allowing this process with his support. And also I want to point out that um, no recording studios were injured in this process. <laughs> what I mean by that? Um, many, many, many of the videos that come out today have a lot of post-production, and that's great. And um, what you see is a culmination of a very large process of the live performance and a lot of work in the studio, but this was actually a live performance. Shot, recorded on location, just mixed and edited and put up there. It's what you see is actually what took place at that Simcha, which is not always the case. So we're very proud of that fact. And uh, we think the video, the music speaks for itself. So if you watch it and you listen to it, you will be inspired. By Baruch Levine, Chroma Music, Nochi, and his brother Yosef, and the whole team. It's brand new and Chroma. It's mm-hmm. the Misharim Choir. It's brand new yes. Chroma Music, everybody. Michael Socher, I thank you very, very much. We're going to get to the selection now. Come visit us, uh, sir, please, at some point. That, uh, on Grand Street or yeah, in the studio? On Grand Street, in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Both, outside and inside. There he is, Mike Socher, the Shum Orchestra, introducing to us another brand new project with Chroma Music. It's the brand new video. You'll find it online. You'll find the audio right now on JM in the AM. Oh, 
conversation with Michael Socher regarding the brand new release of Chroma's live video. Next up, before Parsha Shlach, Rabbi Yoshua Fass, the co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh, uh, joined me on JM in the AM and discussed, as he does every year during the week of Parsha Shlach, Aliyah and Israel and our attitude toward both. Rabbi Yoshua Fass, co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh, he's next on JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, when you hear that song, 99% of the time it's followed by the one and only Rabbi Yoshua Fass, a co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh, who we most recently saw at the Celebrate Israel Parade eight days ago, reminding everybody on Fifth Avenue that uh, that celebrating Israel is, is, is nice and is one thing, but the best way to show one's uh, allegiance is and devotion to Israel is actually to consider and then eventually move there. And that's what Nefesh Benefesh is all about, to help facilitate the move to the Holy Land. Rabbi Yehoshua Fass, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Good morning to you and to all your listeners. Wow, it was just a couple of Mondays ago that we were sitting in your conference room and uh, President Trump was arriving in Israel and our listeners were gearing up for the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem, and you were describing how the country was getting ready for that big celebration. It seems like yesterday, Rabbi Fass. It time flies. And then we saw each other a few days ago at the parade. Yeah. Unbelievable what happened. Ah, it is unbelievable. That's right. Uh, one of the reasons that I should say really primarily the reason that we wanted to make sure to speak to Rabbi Fast this week, aside from uh, his invitation to regularly appear on this program, is because this week is Parsha Shlach, and we always have a uh, an extra incentive 
to speak about Israel and maybe in some way <laughs> repair the uh, uh, the sin of the spies or the scouts, as many people are now uh, um, uh, apt to call them uh, in our history. And uh, Parsha Shlach is this week, and by fast we get an opportunity to speak about it. You know, yesterday I was at the Mayanot Yeshiva High School um, uh, graduation. Uh, Yonina Siegel graduated. Uh, somebody who's going to be spending some time in your neighborhood next year, Rabbi Fast. So you may run into Can't her. Wait. Yeah, you may run Can't into wait. her once or twice. Yes, maybe. And this is open for. And you know, as speakers get up, and as you would suspect, they're uh, speaking about the uh, parsha of the week. And in this parsha, as much as there's uh, information about many other things, one can't avoid uh, but uh, speak about the uh, episode of the spies of the scouts sent by Moses. And one of the things pointed out yesterday, and I thought this was interesting, is sometimes we forget the context of when and how this episode took place. Uh, the Jewish people have left Egypt. They are gearing up, literally, uh, to cross into the land. They're ready. This is it. They are ready for this incredible uh, climax and a wonderful crescendo uh, to this ultimate experience of being granted freedom by God and being uh, led into the Holy Land. And this is all happening, and they're on the cusp. They're on the edge. They're right there, uh, ready to do this. And uh, Moses says it's time to uh, send these scouts. And, of course, it is their sin that makes the uh, this generation that we read about not be the generation to conquer Israel, but rather be the generation to literally pass away in the desert. And um, I, this was, and it may be simple and something that's you know obvious to a lot of people, but as this was pointed out yesterday, I'm saying to myself, wow. We sometimes don't understand that. We don't. We don't realize it. That this was, you know, this was it. The ultimate moment was just, you know, w- 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 was was within our grasp, within our ancestors' grasp, and uh, and it was just taken away because of this terrible episode. So I know that you always have interesting things to say about this parsha. I was curious about your reaction to this particular view uh, that we sometimes don't. It's 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 actually uh, it's exactly what I was actually wanted to share with you. I, I last. <laughs> No, it's, we'd even coordinate this. But uh, the last few days when I was after the, the parade, uh, I spent some time talking to, to young adults, um, the, a younger generation of individuals, of religious Zionists, of individuals who are activists and people who, are, uh, who lobby for Israel, who support Israel, who are passionate about Israel. And what's remarkable is that what I kept on hearing echoing was that this is a generation that was born into a world with a given of the state of Israel, and not only with the state of Israel, but the state of Israel with Jerusalem. And we forget that context, talking about, you just said, we forget the context of of the history, we forget the context of uh, the generation that is basically furthering this cause. And sometimes, without context, you lack the wonder and and you lack the ability to marvel of of the miracle that we have, and I think it's 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 interesting to note that in this parsha we wait until the next generation uh, is born. We wait until one generation dies out to bring in a new generation with a new context, with a new appreciation, with something almost tailor made for them to appreciate the new wonders of their situation before they move into Israel, and. Uh, it's a remarkable concept. I think we're using sometimes the old playbook um, since 67, 673, since 1948, for each 
subsequent generation, and sometimes it doesn't resonate with the new generation because the context has changed. And I was actually thinking about this list, this last Shabbat um, when we were reading Parshat Bahalotcha, and one of the sections in the in the Torah portion was about the Levi, and that the Levi, differently from the Kohen, we have a forced retirement at the age of fifty. Right. Um, a Kohen can continue until he has uh, some kind of physical disqualification mm-hmm. until we have forced resignation. But when it comes to a Levi, he has to resign at the age of fifty, and the Sas Emes offers a incredible, incredible explanation. He says, because that song, that voice, that appreciation, it loses its context. The next generation, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with the newer generation. The newer generation has to bring its own voice, its own song, its own melody to, to current times. And I find when I was speaking to these, to these young adults this past week, it's like they were like, we need, uh, we need a new approach. We need something that, that shakes us up, that gives us a, a historical context so that we appreciate um, what we have. Also, what we have and what we should treasure and, and even long for, because it's very different hmm. from our parents and our grandparents. Yeah. And it was very interesting. That it segued into a different conversation with values of life, of happiness, versus meaning, which was eye-opening to me. Oh. I, asked, I asked them, you know, what's more important, a life of happiness or a life of meaning? And almost most of the people around the room were saying uh, a life of happiness. <laughs> so I paused and I said to them, what, if you asked your parents and grandparents, what would they answer? And without hesitation, they answered a life of meaning. Mm-hmm. So I said, dissect that. Dissect that. And it, it went back reverted to this notion of context and history and sacrifice for something of value. And we know that. We know that this generation is a very different generation, but it doesn't mean that there's shallowness or there's a lack of substance. It means that we have to find well, a different way of connecting and creating that visceral, passionate connection to the state of Israel and to many other things of value yeah. in this in this in in our life. I, th- I think it also means they've been infiltrated by Americanism, frankly. Uh, Rabbi Yoshua Fass is with us, co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh. He is the uh, leader, the uh, man in charge, tens of thousands of Olim, as we know, on a regular basis heading to Israel from North America, or courtesy of Nefesh Benefesh and their partners in this incredible endeavor. It's Parsha Shlach this week. We always get on with an important message. And I don't mean to bring this conversation down, frankly, because there's a there's tremendous hope and there's so much positive outlook out there. But you remind me, as you talk about the um, the context with which the younger generation now lives, within which context they now live, um, you know, I, w- I would sometimes lament to my father of blessed memory of, uh, you know, the terror attacks that, you know, God forbid would happen in, in Jerusalem and other places. And he would say to me, he would say, do you know that, you know, 30 minutes after these terror attacks have been, you know, investigated and cleared up, the streets are cleaned and they're reopened to traffic and life goes back to normal in Israel. He wasn't minimizing, he wasn't minimizing the loss of life, obviously, but he was talking about how different it is compared to when these massacres took place in the early part of the 20th century uh, and Jews were victims, you know, of Arab gangs and mobs. And, you know, and, and, and it would take God knows how long to recover as a community from those types of episodes. So, again, in, well, in, I, I, I agree. I think culturally we've compartmentalized much more emotionally. And I think the speed 
of of events, of current events, of and we've sped up our lives so much that that has created this compartmentalization and and movement within our lives, which is sadly sometimes very unhealthy. But that's the reality. People jump episodically from one event to the next, right. and they process it quicker, or they don't process it at all, and that doesn't sink in to an individual to create that depth of relationship or even that cognitive experience of incorporating what they just experienced. Yeah. There are a lot of ways you can read this week's Parsha. Some people will, will sit there lamenting, you know, lost opportunities, and others, most likely yourself, because I know how positive a person you are, especially when it comes to the modern state of Israel. Others may, may sit there and say, you know, it, it may have been a lost opportunity then, but look how we've gone ahead and we've progressed so far, you know, generations later. How will you sit and view this episode this week? I always, uh, I often, not always, but I often challenge my kids and on Pasha Shlach with a metaphor of a kid who for a year fetches to his parents about having a certain remote-controlled car, Elif <laughs> Havdalot, and uh, all of a sudden for his birthday he gets a remote-controlled car and, uh, and he sees the three worst words of uh for as a nightmare to a kid batteries not included <laughs> and the question the question is what does the kid do does he throw the remote control car on the floor and have a fit or does he have a little bit more patience and actually walks to the store and gets the batteries <laughs> and that is i think if you take that and expound upon it to things that we actually as a nation have longed for and fetched for and prayed for and we finally get our remote control car and their batteries not included do we reject the, the gift in total and say, oh, it's not perfect, it's not finished, it's not ideal, it's not Yemot HaMashiach, let's reject it, let's wait until it's perfect, or wait until someone else picks up the, the gift for us and refurbishes it, or do we actually roll up our sleeves, walk a little bit of a distance, put in those batteries, yeah. and uh, be involved and then celebrate with the uh, Arms wide open. By the, embrace. by the way, I don't know to what degree you um, uh, you observe this because obviously anybody who might start up regarding their attitude toward the state of Israel who lives in Israel to me it's a little bit different than you know people in this country for instance you know making public their feelings known about the state of Israel when they are negative feelings. Um, so I'm not quite sure exactly how you you know how you view it. Um, and now I've completely lost my train of thought on this, but I was going to say, I, I, I'm not quite sure where I was going with this, but, but I did want to, po- I did want to point out that there is a, uh, that, that there's a, tri- that there are unfortunately people who look at the negative even today as to what's going on and make sure to point it out. And, uh, it, it would be, it would behoove all of us to remain as positive as possible, especially in public context and, uh, you know, Lord, as much as possible, the state of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, etc. We cannot have Tzorota Ayin, which is a myopic viewpoint of, of this world, and focus on with narrowness and only on the faults and blemishes and warts. It's, uh, if we did that, we wouldn't be in relationships, not with uh, God or with the state of Israel, and not with individuals that we call loved ones. We have to take it's Kol HaAdam, the entire picture, as we talked about. We started the conversation, the entire context understand the history involved, understand the need, understand the incredible miracle of our times, understand the national belonging and the national homeland. And it is with its warts and with it, and, and instead of rejecting, love it even more, get involved even more, embrace it even more, and uh, challenge yourself to find a way of fixing and repairing and being part of this incredible experience and incredible gift. Yeah, it is a remarkable gift. And remember, and I think this is where I was heading, remember that... Uh 
the majority of the Miraglin, 10 out of 12, came back with negative reports. If it sometimes seems like the majority or that large groups of people, I don't want to say majority, but if large groups of people both here and there are coming out with statements against uh, Israel, uh, we have to remember that in in history, that it was the minority that uh, proved to be right uh, in the case of the Moroccan. It's, it's, it, might not, it might be the minority, and it might be even just uh, the people themselves without the leaders. Right. Breuer used to say, why do we say with the chazena enenu, let our eyes see, at at the return of the people to Tzio, and this whole return from our exiles, and not because chazon, techazena is the language of the prophets. It's right. not used by people. Like he said, maybe, yeah, he said, maybe that's what it is, that our return will be led by regular people. Like, and our leaders might not see the, the bigger picture. Like the regular people you meet from New York, New Jersey, and about 40-some other states, and, of course, Canada, who decide to head to the Holy Land to move to Israel with their families, and that's what gives you the positive feeling every single time one of those flights happen. And, you know, speaking of being on the cusp, it's now June. You're on the cusp of a couple of uh, another uh, major flights happening we this summer. We are in it. We are deep in it. <laughs> we, are, we have a, a group flight leaving tomorrow from New York, Woo! arriving on Wednesday, and then the whole summer begins now. Every week or two, there's another group, and then there's a charter, and two charters a summer, and 10 or 12 different group flights. So uh, from now until mid-September, it's, it's hectic time. This is when the wave of 75 80% of Olim from North America and England arrive. Isn't this amazing? Whoever it was that set up the calendar of Parshiot, they put Parsha Shlach right here this time of year so that right afterwards you can go ahead and, and help correct the situation in a positive manner with the incredible summers that Nefesh Benefesh has. No coincidence, Rabbi Fass. No, it was perfectly ordained. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you agree with me. Anybody who wants information about Nefesh Benefesh, any flight this summer, next summer, or any time during the year, of course, it's nbn.org.il. All we suggest is that you start the process, find the application online, nbn.org.il, and uh, explore the possibility of heading to the Holy Land. Believe you me, it'll, it'll go a very long way in correcting what happened a couple of thousand years ago in the desert of Sinai. Again, it's nbn.org.il, 8664-ALIYAH, 866-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. Rabbi Fass, any closing words for this segment? No. It's been always a pleasure. You're a dear, dear friend and a dear voice for Israel, and thank you so much for allowing me to share my thoughts with your listeners. I greatly appreciate it. Best to everybody around the Parsha Shlach Shabbos table this coming week. Monday morning broadcast at JM and the AM. Lenny Solomon himself has played all 50 states, and yet he is based in the state of Israel. Did that many, many years ago, before Nefesh Benefesh moved him and his family to the Holy Land. That was my conversation with Rabbi Josh Fass of Nefesh Benefesh. He is co-founder of NBN. Information about everything they do, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il.
www.jmrewind.org.il. We'll start wrapping up this week's edition of JM Rewind. I thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Nachum Siegel, and this is the Nachum Siegel Network.